Last week we were here and we talked about love. Everyone say love. Everyone say love. L-O-V-E, love. And we said we've got to be careful how we use the word love. Amen. Amen. We don't like God. We, huh? we don't love pizza. She's, my wife says she don't love pizza no more. Now she likes pizza. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's a difference between love and like. Amen. We use that word so, so easily. Yes, we love, love, love. And, amen. And we got to learn the difference between love and like. And amen. I don't like my wife. I love my wife. Amen. Uh, I hope she don't like me. I hope she loves me too. Amen. So uh, we've got to learn the difference between love and like. And today I want to take uh, the word love, but I want to refer it to God's love. God's love. And let us take off from the same verse we used last week, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And then we're going to go to John 3, 16, which everyone here ought to know. We all know John 3, 16. Amen. Since we're in... Sunday school, children's school, uh, we learned that verse. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. A more excellent way. And what Paul is referring to is the way of love. Everyone say the way of love. Someone else said, well... Don't we all love? Tina Turner came out with a song, What's Love Got to Do With It? She said it was all just an emotion. Well, love is more than just an emotion. Love is a reality. I said love is a reality. God's love. And John 3.16, we should all say it. Let us all read it. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The key words there is, he loved, so loved the world. He loved, he loved the world. For God so loved the world. This verse would not have its meaning without those words. We understand that God is God. But what makes this verse great is that God so loved the world. And I asked last week, those that are in love, say amen. If you're in love, say amen. Man, I, I, wish, I wish you were here and I was there, you know. And I'm going to tell you why. Because uh, those that are in love, say amen. Those that are in love, say amen. One more time, those that are in love, say amen. If you're in love with Jesus, say amen. Thank you, God, for the reading of your word. I ask, Lord, that you bless us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give him a hand praise. Amen. You may be seated. You know, this word love, just to recap on last week's, message was told to us 
that the word love was used in different forms. And in the language in which the New Testament was written in, which is the Greek language, the word love has different significance. And we went over the different significance like eros, uh, storge, and also we, we said there was the other philo, phileos, and then the other one was what? Agape. Everyone say agape. It was the agape love. And the word eros, it's a different type of love from the agape love. For the eros was a god within the mythology of the Greek belief. And they were mythology because they were just uh, myths that were brought up, whether through tradition or stories that were told, and then they would make their gods come to be an existence within their hearts and their mind, and that's who they worship. But this God was just a, a, if we could use the word, the carnal aspect of love. For you see, the Eros love within this belief, this God gave favor and it represents the carnal part within the matter of what is called love within this realm. It is simply a sexual attraction. And that was when they expressed themselves and they said that the arrows or the arrow love, the arrow love was that type of love. And when we go into the different types of love, we see that there is the uh, storge love and this was the family love. And this family love was that love between a father and a son or a daughter and vice versa. And this type of love, love was expressed in this, in this fashion. And when we see this, it was the love of the children towards the father and the love of the father towards the children. It was the family love. It was the family love. And that's how they expressed it. So there was, you know, today we, we use the word love for everything, correct? We use, but there they had different... Uh, words for different meanings of love. And then we had the phileo love, or the philea love, uh, which many mentioned. Uh, this was uh, the brotherhood love. And this was a love that wanted for you to see the best in your brother, or you wanted the best for someone else. Uh, we come here and we, we, we worship God, and there's a time of petition. And we ask if there's someone that has a request or someone mentions a request uh, that they have for their relative or something that has happened at home. And what happens there is that we all join together and we want to be part of that. So if Brother Victor was to have a prayer request for something because the phileo love is here, I feel what he's going through. And I begin to intercede for him. And this was brotherhood love. But then... Uh, that love uh, is, 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 is uh, we can say, temporal because it's while he is before me that I feel this. Uh, and the sense that when we, we leave this place, 
Well, we have other things in mind. And uh, we take uh, that into consideration. And we live by that also. But then there is the agape love. And the agape love was totally different. Because the love of God, better yet, the agape love is an unconditional love. It is a timeless love. It is a remaining love. It is the God love. In other words, this love is a divine love. It's a God-given love. So when someone would say, uh, how do you love me? If you recall, Jesus asked Peter and he says, uh, do you love me, Peter? And Peter responded and he said, you know, I, I phileo you. Uh, and God says, do you agape me? And Peter says, uh, I, I phileo you. Uh, I, I have this brotherly, brotherhood love, in other words. But, but I don't have this. Uh, and he didn't say I didn't have this. But he, God was trying to say, do you have this unconditional love for me? And he says, do you agape me? And you know the rest of the story. Peter was saying that because it was Peter that denied Jesus three times. Uh, maybe he did not understand to the fullness, uh, but yet God is a loving God. Everyone say God is a loving God. So the essence of agape love, uh, I question myself and, and questions uh, come up and, and we think about this. Where did this unconditional love originate? Who is the creator of such unmeasurable love? Because there is no time, there's no limits in this love. This agape love cannot be purchased either. You cannot buy this type of love. You can buy other types of love. You can buy the phileo love uh, because it's a brotherhood. We don't just form brotherhood here in church. There's unions that they call themselves brotherhoods. Uh, and they, they're, they're part of each other. And when we see this, you, you pay your dues and you belong to this brotherhood. And you become part of each other. I mean, and, then, and there's respect in that also. I'll never forget that I was going to buy something in a market. And I had with me a good friend of mine. And right before uh, we were going to go into the market, right before we were about to enter, uh, he says, I can't go in there. And I said, oh, what are you talking about? We're just going to buy something. And he says, I can't go in there. He says, uh, well, you see all the people picketing right there uh, with all those uh, signs and everything? He says, oh, we can't go in there because uh, they're part of us. We're, we're brothers. We're union brothers. It was a brotherhood. So there is respect in, in that type of, of, of love, of that Phileo's love. But then the question came up, uh, uh, as I said, where did it come from? Uh, who created this? And, and I come to the understanding that there is only one way to understand this. And this, this, this is that God is the originator of this love. He is the fountain of, the, of this love. He is, he is the one that, that springs out this love. He is the source of this love. It is God-given love. Now, God wants us to understand this because this is the only way we're going to be able to get a hold of God. 
This is what the Bible tells me in 1 John 4, 8. And this is what it says in your Bible there as you read it. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So the essence of agape love is God. For God is agape love. Unconditional love. It's not measured by time. It's not measured by, by price. It's unconditional. There is no condition in, in his love. So God loves, uh, is proven. So God directs his love towards humanity. And uh, when God formed man, when God formed you and I, he formed us as codependent creatures. In other words, we are dependent on his love. We're in need of him. Uh, we can't live without him. We've got to live through him and we need his love. Uh, and I want you to understand this, that God wants to relate with us. How do I know this? Because the Bible says back in Genesis 1.26 that when he made man, he made him according to his image and his likeness. That's, what he, that's how he created you and I. He created us according to his image and his likeness. And the question would be, if God is spirit, and in Genesis God is spirit, how can he create us in his image and his likeness? Well, I'll tell you why. Because God, in his infinite wisdom, foresaw humanity beforehand, and in his mind, Jesus Christ was already formed, and he knew what man was going to need, and the only thing that can come to that need was going to be made according to the, 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 the likeness of God, and that is through mankind. So when we understand these things, now we get an understanding. We get an understanding that, you know, God made us in his likeness and his image for us to be able to relate to him. But then how do we relate to him? We relate to him through love. Everyone say love. When that takes an account, then I understand his love, but then his love has to be manifested in order for me to understand it. So now we have what? We have, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the love of God is expressed through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what is the image of the invisible God according to Thessalonians 1.15? He says that he, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God. So now when we see this, the express love of God, it was not expressed because he was there in the garden, but now it's expressed through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Many people could not understand that because not everyone had a close relationship with God, better yet, in the Old Testament. And that's a it was so hard for them to follow God. If you look at the history of the Old Testament, men 
would just look and see and hear the priest speak or, or the men of God speak. Because the relationship that God had was with certain men only. And it was so hard for humanity to understand that. That's the come they would fall into temptation. That's the come they would have all these downfalls because they could not comprehend the love of God. But in our time, we're privileged people. We, we are fortunate people. We are blessed people. Because now we understand the love of God. And the love of God is expressed through our Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life for us. Someone shout hallelujah. I said someone shout hallelujah. So we have to understand how this works now. We have to understand how this works. That God has manifested his love through Jesus Christ. That is how it works for us. We can see the manifestation of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we understand that we are the image of God through Jesus Christ. So how do we, how do we believe that? Because that's what the word of God says. That that perfect God was manifested flesh or manifested in flesh. And we beheld the glory of God through who? Through Jesus Christ. So now when we see all this unfold before our eyes, and now it becomes clear that this God who made heavens and the earth, who I cannot com uh, comprehend with just my e simple imagination, he reveals it through his word. And his word now tells us, hey, I'm going to give you the mystery I'm going to give you the revelation, better yet, of the mystery of how love works. And now you're going to be able to accept this love when you accept Jesus Christ. Because he is the express love of God himself. When I come to this understanding, listen, when I come to this understanding, it becomes more clear. Everyone say clear. It becomes more clear to me. Now, I was made to the image of Jesus Christ. And when I was made to the image of Jesus Christ, now I know how God can relate to me. Because that spirit became flesh. Now that flesh, and that flesh can feel like what I feel. Or better yet, that flesh can feel what I feel. What Jesus Christ felt is what I feel. Hurt, pain, hunger, thirst. All those things, he could relate with me as I feel them. He already felt them. So now he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Someone shout hallelujah. But then how do we come to this understanding? Because... If you do not backtrack and go through all that I've tried to give you in these simple words, how do we understand this? So Jesus Christ says, I'm going to make it more simple for you. So I did not understand it, but he made it more simple for me to comprehend it. Because I can only comprehend it within this earthly imagination. So then... He expresses it to me. And if we go to St. Luke chapter 11. The Bible tells me in St. Luke chapter, better yet, chapter 15. I'm so sorry. Chapter 15. 
Luke 15. And we go to verse number 11. He said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of thy substance that falleth on me. And he divided unto them his living. And he divided unto them his living. Now, when I, was, when I was going through this, I was saying, why is this? Because I've read this time and time again. And when I was looking at this, uh, I've always thought that God was trying to tell me how to love Victor. Because Victor's my son. How to love Oti. How to love Chata. You know. But what I'm seeing here is that this is a parable. Everyone say a parable. A parable is a story giving and an earthly example with a divine significance. That is a parable. In other words, he's illustrating for me something that I can comprehend, comprehend here on earth with a divine significance. So once I get into this parable, and what makes it a parable? That there is no names given here. It could have said Robert, Tom, he had, you know, Luke and John, but there's no names given here. So he's given me a story without no names to relate to us that this, he's not speaking just in an earthly form, but he's giving us a significance of a spiritual illustration for me to uh, understand and comprehend love. So when I was going to this, through this, the Bible tells me that he had two sons. Two different individuals with different characters, with different attitudes. And I don't know what triggered that feeling in the youngest son to come to his father. And you could read it at home. He comes to his father and he tells, me, tells him, give me the, the part that belongs to me. Give me that part that belongs to me. And I'm sure that, I, the, the Bible don't tell me this, but I believe that that, that that father felt that agony of his son trying to leave him, depart from him. Maybe he had just scolded him. Or maybe he had just put, put him on time out. You know, I say, you know what, you're not going to ride the motorcycle this week. I mean, you're, you're not going to drive the car or whatever, you know. Uh, and then the young son said, hey, you know what, I'm out. You know, just give me, just give me what belongs to me. And the Bible says that the father gave him that portion that belonged to him. And as you've read the story, the Bible tells us that this young man went off to a, a providence far away. To a faraway city, if you will, or village or whatever. And there he wasted everything that he had. He had wasted everything with his friends. And once all that he had was gone, the friends were gone. Well, that's the truth today. If you got money, you have friends. Isn't that? I was saying in the Spanish service, amen. If you got money, you got compadres. If you don't have money, man, nobody wants to be your compadre. Ain't that right? Hey, man, 
You got money, man. Baptize my kid. Baptize my kid. Baptize my kid. Baptize my kid. The person that don't have no money, he's nobody's padrino, nobody's madrina. Nobody's compadre. Because if you've got money, you've got friends. Once you don't have money, you don't have friends. Because that's what the world does to us. It chews us and then spits us out. And that's what the devil does. Because the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10. But Jesus Christ said, I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. So when we come to this story, the Bible says that this young man went out. And he wasted all his money. He got, he got rid of everything he man. He lived his life in pleasures. He dined and, and wined and everything else. And, and man, his money was gone. And all of a sudden, he felt hungry. And then all he could do was find a job taking care of swine, pigs. And for a Jewish man, listen to me. When Jesus is saying this story, it was an insult for a Jewish person to understand this. Because Jews don't take care of swine. Because swine is the worst animal to them. It's filth. It's unclean. It's ungodly. So Jewish people don't even want to... A man, when I went to Israel two years ago, I was looking for bacon and ham. Nowhere around. Amen. Matt, I like my, I like my thick ham. How many, how many like that thick ham? I like that thick ham. I don't like that little. No, no, I want that, I want that knife to just. I'm not making promotions here, man, but I love to go to pantries. And they told me the thick one, brother, brother Isaac, you've been there. I want the thick one. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't even finish it, but man, I'm tasting it already in the Daniel fast. But, you know, he was taking care of swine. Could you imagine how he felt? No money, no friends, and taking care of pigs. He said to himself, man, my dad has hired servants. They're living better than I'm living. The Bible says that he came to himself. He came to his senses. And he said, man, my daddy treats servants better than what I'm living. It's just I'm going to go and go to my father and tell him, I have sinned, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me as a, as a hired servant. Not as a son, but as a servant. Sometimes second thinks that I, 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 I treat him as a servant, but man, he don't know reality. The point is this, the point is this, just, just treat me as a servant. In other words, 
as a slave almost. As a worker. Not as part of the family, but as a worker. He said that I'm going to go and tell my father. And the Bible says that this father was waiting for his son. Why do I say this? And I, let me just use my imagination. I believe that from the same path that the son took off, the father was always looking out to see if the son was going to return. He would come out in the morning and he didn't return. Midday and he wasn't there. He didn't see him coming in the evening time. But one day he lifted up his head and at the distance the Bible says that he saw someone coming and it looked like his son. And the Bible says that he ran to him. He ran to him. Come here, son. He ran to him. And when he saw his, his son come towards him, he just went to his neck and fell on his neck. And began to embrace him. And the, and the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And I have sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be your son. And the Bible tells me that the father did not question his son. Did not question. Because he is relating the agape love. Not the, not the historical love, but the agape love. He said that he did not question him. If it was me, it would have been different, son. Uh, if it was me, second coming back, I would say, didn't I tell you? Huh? Did you learn? Haven't you learned from me? Huh? But the agape love is different. See, the agape love is totally different. I would have scolded him. I would have told him off. I, it didn't mean that I didn't love him. I would have loved him. I would have still loved him with that story of love, but it wouldn't have been the agape love. And God is trying to tell us something today because it didn't matter if his son smelled like that. That like pigs, like, like, like a sweat, uh, dirty, filthy, and everything else. He just hung to his son. And his, and his son is telling him, Father, forgive me. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son no more. And God is telling us. Uh, and God would tell him, hey, it doesn't matter. You just kill the biggest calf that you find, the biggest calf out there. You kill him and we're going to party because my son was lost and now he's found. And that's the agape love. That's the agape love. And God is trying to tell us today, we've got to fall into this agape love. Which we are not very familiar with. That's because there's so much prejudgmental attitude within us. And we judge before we love. Oh, he looks this way. He looks that way. He's been there. He's done this. He's done that. He's been this. He's been that. And Paul would tell us, but some of you did the same thing. But God manifested his love. 
Not the filial love. Oh, not the story of love. No, 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 no. He demonstrated his agape love. His agape love. And when I see this, I am reminded what my attitude should be like. And God talks to us in different ways. God relates to us in different ways. And I've told those that heard this before. About 30 years ago, God spoke to me directly. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I grew up in this. I started to see what the world was like. Man, uh, I was the other day, I was with a brother, uh, uh, Toledo. And I told him, man, I was 14 years old. When I was in that street next to where the church of Second Compton is, it's, there's a white the street that's named White Street. And there was an alley there. And I was 14 years old. I was in junior high school. And I had so-called cousins because we were raised together. And we were, you know, we, we belonged together and so forth. And our mothers were, were, were friends. And I remember that I was there and I used to use my aunt's address to go to a different school away from where I lived. And to make a long story short, uh, we, I used to go out of, or come out of school and go to their house. And I would stay there sometimes at 7, 8 o'clock at night. And one day, a, a little rotted car passed by, and I remember that it was coming, and it was bouncing. And when it was bouncing, uh, one of my cousins said, just drop. And I dropped because I was scared for my life, and they started shooting at the house. And when I dropped to the floor, I just fell on the puddle. And I didn't care what, how, and how I looked. Man, I ran to church because it was just about, about 100 feet from there, 100 yards better yet. And I ran as fast as I could. And I went to, the, to that church and I said, God, hey, I promise you I will never live that life, man. I promise you I will never go back there again. But then this is where I'm going. So I never knew that type of life as my other friends so I cannot relate to the, uh, the agape love. I cannot relate to the agape love. But God brings you to your senses as a prodigal son. Because it was about 30 years ago that I went to a church. And as I was there, I preached my heart out at Pastor Pedro Almejo's church. And when I preached my heart out, I remember that there was this man. Filthy, dirty, unshaved. And when I'm talking about him shaved, I mean, he looked a mess. And, he, and as a preacher that I was, not knowing the true agape love in the full sense, I seen him come up to the altar after I preached. And when I seen him, I went to pray for him. And as I went to pray for him, I stretched out my hand towards his head. And this is as close as I got. And, I, and instead of looking at him, I would say, God, save his soul, God. Protect his heart, God. Save his soul, God. And all of a sudden, he's, I begin to hear him. And he say, preacher, I want what you've got. I need what you've got. And I remember like if it was right now, I want what you've got. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost just knocked at my 
door and said, son, what if that was your father? How would you pray for him? What if that was your uncle? How would you pray for him? And he says, because you're doing it with phileo love. You're not doing it with agape love. And I'll remember like if it was right now. Oh, from this distance, I just went to his neck and his back. And I began to pray for him. And I said, God, what you've done for me, the mercy you had on me, I want you to have it for him. I didn't care about his, his tears falling on my coat or my shirt. I didn't care if he was snotting or whatever he was going through because he was crying because it was a different kind of love. Now it was God's love through me trying to reach him. I'm here to tell you we've got to learn from Jesus Christ. He said, hey, it doesn't matter where my son has been. It doesn't matter where my son has been. I've got the agape love. And the agape love says, kill the biggest calf. We're going to party. We're going to celebrate. We're going to make a feast. Because now my son that was lost now is found. And when I came across this, God was speaking to me. Because next Saturday we're going to be here. And people are going to come by faith. From all types of walk. And we could act professional. Vileo, love Christians. Or we can act and be better yet. Agape, love Christians. We mark the difference. How we see people. I said we mark the difference. Because this love is now inside of us. And that's what God wants us to understand today. The different types of love. Because the thing is. How do we demonstrate our love towards him? How do we demonstrate our love towards him? If you stand with me please today. There is something that we need is to comprehend him, understand him, love him. And what we need is a baptism of agape love. That's, that's what we need. A baptism of agape love. That when I see a person I won't be prejudgmental. Ah, where he's been, what he's gone through. No, what I can see is what he can become. But when that son came, it was different. But when that son came, he says, hey, He's filthy. He don't smell good. Raggedy clothes. Then he says, hey, get him the finest tunic you can find. It don't matter the price. From simple to a sanctified person. And the illustration there is, there could be a change. It's all in how we see things and through what type of love we see it.
how are we going to be able to do this? I'll tell you how. When we ask Jesus, Jesus, I say I love you. But truly what I need is a new baptism of agape love. I want to be that person that will invite you into my life to make a difference. Instead of seeing a drunk, seeing a son of God. Instead of seeing someone that's lost, confused, seeing someone that's changed through the blood of Jesus. Now, we have to make that difference. And this is what agape love is all about. God's manifestation to us, through us, to other people. God's sanctification love through us or to us and through us to other people. If we can come to this altar and ask God, God, give us this agape love. Give us this agape love. We need this agape love. I need it. I need this agape love, God. I need this unconditional love. I need it, Jesus. I need this unconditional love, God. I need it. Because someone needs me out there. But it's not about their love. They need to see God's love through me. They need to see God's love through me. They need to be able to feel that I can't be loved. They need to feel that same love that He loved us with. Heavenly Father, we are here, God. Transparent, God, because you can see us inside out. You know what our hearts are like. You know what our lives are like. You know what we've been through, where we're at. You know, Lord, what we need. And since we are codependent of that love, we cannot live without it, God. It doesn't matter, Jesus. What we have, what we own, and what you have given us, or allow us to have better yet. If we don't have that agape love within us, God, we are just as a sounding symbol. And for this reason, we need you, God. We've got to have you, Lord Jesus. Baptize us with this love, God. Because we cannot live without it, Lord. We've got a taste of it, God. And there are those, Jesus, that need it, Lord. And we have the answer. You are the answer. You are the answer, God. I'm asking you to touch, God. I'm asking you to touch them, Lord. I'm asking you, 
God, that your grace would just cover him right now, Lord Jesus. You know exactly what he's gone through, where he's been, Lord Jesus. You know exactly how the devil has tricked them, Lord, and deceived them. But today, God, you're proving your love towards him, God. Today, you want him to understand that no one else can love him like you can. And right now, I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to touch his spirit. I'm asking you to touch his heart, God. That he may understand that no one can love him like you can. Jesus, touch him, God, touch him. Love him, God, love him. Because your love has been proven through Calvary, God. I'm asking you to touch me. I believe that you're doing it right now, God.
you were